Thank you for tuning in to Simplify Refocus. I'm your host, Jaren Fox, and uh, we're going to be changing pace a little bit. Uh, hopefully, you've been enjoying the episodes so far. Um, in the last three episodes, we was talking about vision. Well, now we're going to be kind of getting back into, at least in this episode, about clutter. Okay, so keeping clutter. Oh, man, this, this was this was a, a home run. Um, so I was listening to another podcast, actually, and that's what kind of inspired me. And uh, they was just talking about the psychological um, effects um, of keeping clutter. And I was like, oh, man, how am I doing with this? Where am I with this journey? So I was like, you know, let me pull some things together. And sure enough, came out with five reasons why I personally keep the items that I keep. And maybe you can relate. And then we'll talk, kind of talk about some things of overcoming it. So patterns as a key word here, patterns. Um, life works in patterns. Um, we as human beings, we are people, creatures of habit. Um, you know, we put the right leg in first, we put the right shoe on first, uh, you know, we uh, brush our teeth with our right hand, but yet we squeeze the toothpaste with our left hand, you know, whatever. So there's some things that we do of, of, of habit, okay? There's patterns in our life. And here are five things, you know, this is for me personally, and hopefully uh, some of these you can kind of relate to and that this will help you, um, you know, why I'm keeping clutter. Why am I keeping this clutter? So the first one is I feel obligated to keep it. All right, there are some uh, some items uh, in the house that I feel obligated to keep it. And I broke it down to the three reasons of the obligation. One, there is that fear, and some of you will probably chuckle when I say this, there is this fear that if I get rid of it, that as soon as I get rid of it, the person who gave it to me will ask about it, and I can't lie to them. I'm like, oh, man, like, well, you see, um, I gave it to Goodwill. What? You gave it to Goodwill. You know what I mean? It's like I feel obligated to keep it because I feel like they're going to ask me about it or they'll come over to the house and they'll go, where's such and such? You know, I gave you such and such. Do you like it? How, how, how's that working out for you? You know what I mean? Okay. And then the second um, obligation is more of the sentimental value. And the object could be 10 cents. It could be $100. It could be a gift or it can be a memory, you know, a memory associated item. Um, but getting rid of something that's uh, kind of irreplaceable, um, it's, not, it's not that the item itself can't be uh, replaced. It, that's a lamp. Well, that's a chair. That's a, um, 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 a handkerchief. That's a tie clip. That's a, whatever it is. You know, but the sentimental value associated with it because someone gave it to us. So I feel obligated to keep it, um, you know, not per se that it's that I'll never uh, be able to replace the item, but it's it's that so and so gave it to me. So therefore, I'm obligated to keep it because more of so and so and who that person is to me. And then the third is um, I, I feel obligated to keep things because I spent a lot of money or time uh, with it. So I, I, I spent a lot of money to get it. Uh, I spent a lot of time on it to fix it or uh, to get it or, you know, whatever it was. And I'm wanting to get my money's worth out of it. So those are like the three reasons I feel obligated to keep things. Um, and, and, and 
you know, when I first kind of heard about, well, you, you know, you're just obligated to keep things. And I've heard it on minimalist channels and, um, you know, people talk about it and stuff like, what do you mean obligated to keep it? I, I'm not obligated to keep anything. And then I started kind of looking around and going, well, why don't I get rid of this? Well, no, no, no. Because if I get rid of that, then so-and-so. Oh, so I am obligated to keep something. Okay. Well, why don't I just throw this out? I've never worn this. Well, no, no, because, you know, if they ever ask, hey, how you enjoy wearing such and such? Well, you know, so, or I, I like, well, I can't get rid of that. Good grief. That cost me $300. Uh, see, you're obligated to keep it. Okay. Number two. Oh, yeah, I've heard this one. I will use it one day or I'll wear it one day. You know, it's just that uh, just in case item right? You've, you've never worn it or you've not worn it in the past five years, but you still keep it. Um, you know, you're hoping to lose weight. You're hoping to maybe gain weight. Maybe you're uh, hoping, well, well, maybe one day I'll need it. You know, I don't want to get rid of it and then need it, you know, next week, or I don't want to get rid of it and I'll need it this coming winter. Um, maybe it's a craft. Um, you know, I'm going to uh, refurbish this furniture. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to fix this up. I'm going to build that. And, you know, or it's a game. Well, maybe when we have a bunch of people come over, we'll play those games. You haven't had people over at your house in five years, and you're wanting to keep these uh, 500 games in your house when, like, most of them are now digital. You know, um, so the mice have gotten a hold of two of them. Um, well, but you never know. We may want to play it, you know. So we, we kind of uh, want to hold on to things because we're going to use it one day. Uh, we're hoping to wear it again one day. It's just those just-in-case items. Uh, number three, we hope to fix it. Uh, we're hoping to refurbish it, uh, maybe sell it uh, to get money out of it. Um, you know, we keep that toaster. Well, I can fix the toaster. I mean, it's just a matter of this, this, and this. Um, well, you know, we don't need to throw away the picture frame. I mean, I, I'll just get some glue and I'll just glue it. So I'm just going to st stick it over here on the table and I I'll get to that. Um, and of course, it it's amazing. Uh, you know, some people don't believe in watching things or, or anything like that, but there is a show out there. It's called Hoarders. And some of you have probably watched this. Do you realize that a lot of people hoard things because they're they're going to fix it, they're going to refurbish it, they're going to sell it, it's worth a whole bunch of money, you know, whatever it is, and they, they're collecting it, you know, they may use it or whatever, and they just keep on collecting and collecting and collecting and collecting, and finally, you know, they're, they're hoarders, and, well, anyway. Um, and it comes to a point like, is it worth fixing that? You can go to Walmart and buy you another five, ten dollar, fifteen dollar, whatever it is now with inflation, uh, you know, toaster. Why on earth are you going to try to spend three hours trying to fix the toaster that's like twenty years old? You know, I mean, I I get trying to get your money's worth out of it, but that's a little to the extreme. Okay, just throw away the toaster, get you a new one, um, refurbish the uh, furniture. It's great and all, but if it's been in your garage for, you know, 10 years, just, just, you may want to move on. Um, you know, you've got uh, uh, seven broken down, undrivable cars in your front yard. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, well, one day, you know, I'm going to just redo all these cars and then sell them and, you know, whatever else. Listen, they're rusted out. Mice is living in them the frames are bent and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And you're waiting until you retire 
uh, to do it. Well, I mean, I've known some people that can do it, but don't don't count on it. Um, but these are just some things, you know, we hang on to for these reasons. All right, here's number uh, four. I don't know how to get rid of it. Do I uh, just give it to someone? Do I put it in the front yard for free? Do I sell it? You know, how much? How do I get rid of it? Um, you know, some sometimes we don't know how to get rid of things. I've got a box of things like right now. It's just I don't know how to get rid of it. I, I, I just don't. It's like I can't really throw it in the trash and I don't really want to give it away. And then it's kind of trash. It's like, it's unusable. Some of the things are just kind of unusable. Like, what am I going to do with it? If I keep on accumulating this, it's going to be, I'm going to become like a mini hoarder, you know, I just like, what am I going to do with all this stuff? All right. So I don't, I don't know how to get rid of it. And then number five, um, I may not be able to replace it once it is gone. Uh, that could mean that it just, it just costs way too much money. You know, if you get rid of it, and then you want to uh, rebuy um, another one later on down the road. It's just the amount of money it will cost to replace it. Um, maybe it's something rare that if you get rid of it, you may not ever find another one like it. Um, and maybe it's out of production. So it kind of once ago, once again, kind of goes into the rare, but it's out of production. They don't make it anymore. Um, and the likelihood of you being able to find another one like that or close to it is slim to none. Um, and, and some things that I do with some of the things I own, if I really, really like it, um, I've bought two, I've bought three of them. And the reason is, is because I don't want them to go out of production and I never can replace it. I can never get it again. Um, and, uh, you know, so we, we, we have a tendency of, this is why I keep these things. This is why I've got clutter in my house. This is why I've got a box of this. This is why it's because I feel obligated to keep it. Um, I, I got this hopeful mindset of I'm going to use it one day or just in case, um, there's things that I'm like, well, I, I can fix it or I can, you know, sell it for a lot of money. Um, you know, I don't know how to get rid of it. Um, and then of course the last, uh, I, I may not be able to replace it once I get rid of it. So we do have to ask ourselves, you know, what is enough for me? And there's a, a song out there uh, it's on the greatest showman and it's never enough. And here's just a few of the lyrics. All the shine of a thousand spotlights, all the stars we steal from the night sky will never be enough, never be enough. Towers of gold are still too little. These hands could not hold the world, but it'd never be enough, never be enough. For me, never, 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 on and on and on. Okay. So, and of course, it's, it's kind of, you have to kind of listen to it to understand the whole context of it. But that that song comes to my brain when I was working on on these notes and stuff. Is like it's never enough. It's never enough, and it's very true. We as, as with humanity, it's never enough. Um, I can collect all the stamps. I can collect all the coins. I can you know whatever I'm collecting and accumulating and stuff. But it's never enough. It never ends. Um, so I do have to be realistic with myself and go. What is enough for me? Um, you know, I can't look at what is enough for someone else. Uh, for one, I'm not them. And then two, most other people don't even know what's enough for them either. Because we're all in the entrapment to gain more. The word more is the answer for most people. You know, it's like, well, uh, I'll, I'm just going to use one of my personal examples. So, 
you know, um, I've tried to get into like what we call bushcrafting. So, you know, you've got like a small knife and um, some cordage and all this stuff, and you're trying to learn how to um, survive in the backyard. You're trying to survive in a survival situation, you know, and you've got this knife and cordage and a um, um, uh, little ferris rod, you know, so you can get some sparks and, you know, you got an emergency space blanket and, you know, all these different things that you kind of throw in a little bag and you go hiking with it, right? And, and what we have, you know, tend to do in the bushcrafting community is, well, Oh, there's a knife. Oh, there's another uh, Bic lighter. Oh, there's some more cordage. And we just keep on accumulating and accumulating all these tools and backpacks and satchels and, uh, um, you know, fire starting kits and blah, blah, blah. And we never learn how to use one of them. You know, we have some ideas, we have some concepts, but we never take that one knife, that one uh, Ferris rod, the, the, that one cordage and the one backpack and go out and just use it and and learn instead we just keep on accumulating in the in this fantasy fantasy world of like well just in case well i'm going to build this around well i'm going to and it's never enough it will never end right and we've never grown in that area and of course in this case it was bushcrafting but you can use it for cooking you can use it for uh, um, uh, fixing up cars you can use it collecting stamps whatever so I gave five reasons why I'm keeping clutter, you know, are the hurdles that, you know, keeps me uh, cluttered. Uh, so here are some things that I've kind of laid out for myself, but hopefully will be helpful for you. So when I feel obligated to keep something, um, you know, when we're talking about maybe, well, the person that gave it to me, you know, I don't want them to find out, you know, whatever. Well, I have to do, I do have to remind myself that most of the time, the person who gave me that item has already forgot that they gave it to me. You know, I know I have given stuff to people. I, I forget that I gave them that or, or you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I did give them a gift. I didn't realize that or, you know, whatever it was. And and if it was something of value to that person and that's why they gave it to you because you're valuable to them and that was valuable to them. Um, I mean, you do have two choices. I mean, you can keep it out of respect for them you know, for at least a while longer, you know, get a little use out of it, uh, show, uh, showcase it whenever they come over. I mean, there's a few things that you can do, um, but, um, or you can give it to someone else that will value it. Um, you know, it's a, it's a story, you know, so the person that gave it to you, hey, well, you know, it meant so much to me that you gave that to me. And I know this is not going to work for everybody. Um, you know, that meant so much to me that you did that. And I saw someone in need, and I knew that they would use it. And so in honor of you, I gave it to them. Now, I know that was very cheesy. I know that's not going to work all the time. But I'm just kind of throwing some things out there that we have to escape the fear that someone's going to be mad at us if we do not keep something that is cluttering up our home just because they gave it to us. Okay. Um, second obligation of the, of, the, of the sentimental value. There are some items that are not replaceable. You know, it's been in the family for five generations. Um, you know, there are some items that have emotional connection um, because it's, it's the person who gave it to us, right? It's the memory that we have. And, and I'm not talking about something that's just rare or it's, it's very costly or it's just unreplaceable. No, it's, it's 
irreplaceable, not just in value, um, like general value, but also value to us, right, as an individual. Um, you know, a family heirloom. You know, you may want to keep that. You know, you don't want to just get rid of something that's been in the family for five generations. Um, you know, if it is just an, an emotional connection, it's not a family heirloom. Um, it's just that sentimental value. It's, it's something there we feel connected to. Ask yourself why. What emotional? What emotion am I experiencing every time I see the item, use the item, wear the item, you know, whatever it is? You know, what memory comes to my brain? Am I thinking of somebody? Am I thinking of an experience as a family? Um, you know, am I keeping this because I don't want to get lost in the woods again? You know, I'm just throwing this ideas out. Um, you know, what emotional connection am I having with this item? And and you have to make the decision on your own of, hey, is this a healthy emotion that I need to be experiencing? You know, um, is this something I need to be constantly bringing back up to my mind, to my emotions? Because if it's not, if it's not healthy for me, I need to get rid of it. If it's not going to uh, propel me forward into my future, then I need to get rid of it. Um, I need to make peace uh, with my past. I need to make peace with whatever this is. Um, and get rid of it. Um, and then, of course, if it is something that's very emotional uh, connected, that, that is helpful, that is, you know, remembering somebody that you loved or whatever, then you may want to keep on uh, keep on it, uh, keep it, you know, at least for a while. Um, obligated to, to it because you spend a lot of money um, on it or you spend a lot of time with it. Uh, you want to get your money's worth out of it. Well, you do have to look at the cost per wear. You have to look at the cost per mile. Um, I mean, you do have to do that. But just be careful. Be cognizant of um, if you're not ever wearing it, you're not getting your money's worth out of it anyway. If you're not, um, you know, yeah, you put a lot of money into it, but you're not using it. You're not wearing it. You're not um, putting it to putting it to use. So therefore, it's not doing you any good. You may just need to this bite the bullet, get rid of it, and move on and just learn from that lesson. All right, so with the lesson of, or the, the obligation, not the obligation, but the, uh, you know, I keep it because I'll use it one day or I'll uh, wear it one day, you know, the, the just-in-case items. Um, set a time limit on these things. Um, you know, hey, if I don't use this by this date, um, six, a lot of people say six months. If you don't wear it in six months, or but I would extend it out to a year. If you don't use it or wear it within a year, get rid of it. Um, you know, because you know if you're not using that item, you know, within your, you know, your hobby, you're not wearing it. You're not, um, you know, you've not lost the weight in a year from now. If you've not gained the the ideal weight that you needed, you know, then you need to probably get rid of it, etc. Um, with the the keeping clutter because I'm going to fix it. I'm going to refurbish it. I'm going to sell it for greater money. Okay. This is a trap for a lot of people. We talked about like quarters. Um, and a lot of people, and I'm not going to get into the psychology of this because I'm not a psychologist and I don't have notes on this. Okay. I'm just making a statement. A lot of people get trapped into this because they themselves are trying to fix themselves. And so therefore they keep a whole bunch of broken items trying to fix these items. They project themselves upon the item. 
they project their 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 hurt, they project their incompletion, their the the a discouragement, their crushed hopes or whatever it is upon the items. And so therefore, well, I'm going to fix that. Well, I'm going to fix that because they know deep in their mind or deep in their heart, they got to fix themselves, that they need to work on themselves. And so they think if I can fix the item, I can also fix myself. Ooh, that got deep. Let's move on. Um, you know, we, we have a side business, you know, um, you know, I'm going to do this side business. Well, okay. Well, if, if, if we're finding ourselves keeping things because I'm going to fix it, I'm going to refurbish it, I'm going to sell it, you know, it's like a side business, a side hustle, or I'm going to try to fix myself. Um, well, actually, I'm not going to touch the psychology side of it. Let's, let's not do that. But like a side business, set a date. Hey, you know, this Saturday, I'm going to fix this. Um, if, I, if this item is not fixed by this date, I'm getting rid of it. Um, this summer, if I've not completed this task or, you know, redone this or repainted this or whatever it is, then if I've not sold it, then I need to just get rid of it. Because um, if I, you know, there's some things, if, if I don't profit off of it when I try to sell it on eBay and I'm wanting $100 and it's not selling for $100, sell it for 90 then 80 then 70 whatever until you get rid of it. Or you can just put in a yard sale as a normal item. <clears throat> All right, got to move on because time is ticking. All right, what about the items that we don't know how to get rid of it? Um, you know, research it like because like batteries and stuff, there are some items that you can't just throw in regular trash. Uh, try to take care of it and, you know, take care of the um, the world that we live in. Um, I'm not a tree hugger, but just, there are some items. Just do it the proper way. Um, don't be throwing tires into the ditch beside the road. You know, don't be throwing big old car batteries into the trash and all that stuff. Um, throw away things properly. Um, research it. Um, I'm sure there are some websites and stuff that gives instructions. Um, there are some items that you don't really know what to do with. Um, you can put in the front yard. You can put in a yard sale, garage sale. Uh, give it to somebody. Um, put it on uh, for sale on eBay, Facebook, uh, uh, Facebook Marketplace, you know, and just try, you know, just See if somebody would take it for free. See if they'll take it for $10. See if they'll take it for 50 cents, whatever it is. Keep bringing the price down until, until someone buys it or you give it away. Okay. That's how you can get rid of some of those items you don't really know what to do. Um, and then last is um, not being able to replace it once it is gone. Now, this is not the emotional connection. That was you know, one of the other questions or parts that we talked about. This is the non emotional connected items. It's just once we get rid of it, we may not get it back. Okay. So things that are costly because we may not be able to afford it, you know, inflation, the value of it went skyrocketing. Um, it's rare, may not be able to find another one. It's out of production, you know, whatever it is. So I would recommend finding its true value. Uh, the internet is once again, a great tool to have to kind of use in all this. Um, you know, ask an es uh, expert, take it to a pawn shop, get an appraiser, whatever it is, find its true value and, and not my value, it's true value. There was a, um, a hoarders episode <clears throat> that, um, there was this, uh, a man, he was, his home, his yard and everything was just full. It was just crammed full with everything. He was about to lose everything. There was about to kick him out of his house and, and, and he was going to be homeless, and um, when the uh, team of people was coming in to help him, they uh, was talking to him and 
and saying, hey, you know, why don't we get rid of all this stuff? Oh, I can't get rid of that. Why? Well, that that painting, it, it, it's worth $100,000. Oh, okay. Well, then what about this painting? Well, no, 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 that's worth like $200. Well, that one's worth, and like all these different items, he was either going to fix it or he was going to sell it one day or it's worth hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars, all this stuff. Well, they, they was like out of respect for him and of course help him financially because uh, he's about to lose his home. Uh, they was like, well, let's bring an appraiser in. So they brought in an appraiser and uh, um, I, I felt sorry for this guy with him that day for him to have those conversations. And he, he evaluated the objects that this um, this man thought, you know, these items were great value. And I think it was that painting. I think it was like 100000 And um, the appraiser looked at it and he says, I don't know how to tell you this, but here here's the facts. Um, he says, you might get two $300 out of it. And, you know, watching the episode and just feeling that moment was like, I knew that was that painting was probably not worth a hundred thousand dollars, but the the man, he thought for a certain he told it that was his most prized possession. The episode said, it, he he kept it closed, uh, close. I mean, it, it was his most prized possession. He kept on saying it's a hundred, a hundred thousand, hundred thousand, hundred thousand, and then this appraiser comes in and goes, ah, eh, you may get two hundred, three hundred dollars out of it. So find the true value of an item. You know, not what you think the value is, but what other people will see the value. And once you get the true value of the item, then determine is the money or the item more important. You know, you can have this item that, yeah, it's worth 500 bucks, but it may be worth more to you than $500. You know, um, but then again, there might be some items that you're like, Eh, you know, I keep it. I like it. It's okay. But the, someone says, hey, I'll give you $300 for that. Uh, yes, please. Here you go. I want my cash like right now. You know, so make the determination going, hey, is the money more important or is the item? And that will really um, draw the line uh, with this category. So we're going to stop there. Um, hopefully I can do another episode in the near future on, uh, on clutter as I go because I'm learning this. Okay, I'm, I am still a student of of, of trying to simplify my life, trying to refocus, trying to stay focused on, on, on my life goals and, and, and the vision that I have. And um, I, I'm still on a journey. I'm still a student, but I'm hopefully these episodes are helping you and helping you with your journey. But thank you again, and we'll talk to you next time.